Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Cud Talk. Hey, listen, join Pastor Chris and I today uh, as we discuss Ephesians uh, chapter 2, verse 1 through 10. We are going to talk about the severity of our sin, but also the power of God's grace and how that is greater. We are also going to be looking at what these verses say about the characteristics of God both being merciful and loving. Listen, it's a great podcast. So glad you guys tuned in. Let's get it started. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Cud Talk Podcast. Hope you enjoyed last week. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed doing it. This is kind of like a I don't want to say my thing because there's people that are way better at podcasting than me, but like this is kind of my cup of tea. Like I like doing this kind of stuff. It's fun. I enjoyed it last week. Yeah. Um, in fact, I had a friend of mine who listened to it, and you, this is for you. He said, hey, man, he said, your buddy, he's got like a natural radio thing. So <laughs> so you can tell you enjoy what you're doing, you're comfortable with it, and it was fun. I had a blast. Yeah, so I didn't I major it. in college. I didn't major in communications at all, um, but it, it was in high school for th- three years probably. Our high school, I went to Gaffney High School um, here in South Carolina, and it was big enough that uh, we had like our own TV station. And so nice. every Friday night we had to produce a news show for the school. Um, and I really got into that. And so, but like I said, I never did anything other outside of communications other than that. Other than that. But I really liked it. Um, and I think it's cool. Um, and, and this isn't where I was going with this, but I think it's cool that you can take your passions, take what you like and say, hey, how can I twist this and work this? And how can God use this for his kingdom? Um, and so... Once again, I don't know why we even talked about that, but <laughs> I, I really like doing it. Hopefully, you enjoyed listening to it. Um, I, I've had some people tell us that they they did. I had uh, even last night during a church service, somebody mentioned it and mentioned uh, some benefit from that they found from it. Um, so I hope this Good. is beneficial uh, to you all. Um, so real quick, we'll hop right in. Uh, if you're new with us, what we'll do is we'll just talk about uh, the previous week's sermon here at CUD by Pastor Chris. Um, and so if you weren't with us yesterday, uh, you'll definitely still enjoy the content that we're doing here. But you may want to go back and listen to uh, yesterday's sermon. Or, sorry, uh, we're recording this on a Monday. Uh, you may want to go back and listen to last week's sermon uh, on Sunday. So we were in Ephesians 2, um, and I'll be honest with you. Uh, Ephesians 2, um, in verses 1 through 3, but also I would say verse 4, is I don't really have a life verse or a, or a favorite verse um, of the whole Bible, uh, but I really do, um, if I had to pick just one, I think it's hard to pick one, but if I had to pick one, uh, it would be Ephesians 2, 4, and I'll, I've said that for a couple years now, uh, and it says, But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love that he had for us, made us alive with Christ, even though we were dead in our trespasses. You are saved by grace. So that was four and five, and I think that's just a beautiful picture um, of the gospel that Paul Paul tells us what we were before we came to know Christ, mm-hmm. and then that uh, that word there in verse four, but... Have you ever had anybody tell you, have you ever had anybody tell you, like, started a sentence like, hey, Chris, I love you, but... Yes. Or, or, hey, hey, you did a great job preaching this week, but, and whenever that but is thrown in there, it's like, hey, I love you, but 
And what you know is about to come after that but is reasons they don't love but you. they don't love or you, Or if yes. you say, that was a great sermon, but what's coming after that but is what made that sermon not great. Exactly. And so what exactly. I love about this is it's like oh, that word but is almost a change of direction. It's, hey, you were dead, you were sinful, you lived in the worldly ways, but God. But God. But God came and he said, hey, we're going to erase what came before this but, and because of who I am, you can now be saved. And so I love I love this. This is one of my favorite passages in the whole Bible. Um, I actually preached it not too long ago at another church. Um, and so anyway, we'll dive into some questions um, that I had just as a listener, um, but also the first one's kind of as a pastor. Um, in the first three verses, as I mentioned, Paul talks about, and he even uses the word um, in verse 1, he says, and you were dead in your trespasses and sins. And so Talk to me a little bit. What can be the dangers of us over kind of over exaggerating that term dead in our trespasses and sins? But then also on the flip side, what can be uh, the dangers of not really taking that word dead and thinking about us being dead in our sins? Uh, not taking that as serious enough. And so talk about the two sides of that coin there. How can it be dangerous if we over-exaggerate that metaphor, but also if we under-kind of sure. appreciate it? Well, if we, I think we over-exaggerate that metaphor. One, we provide a very hopeless message because, again, yes, we are dead in our sin. Um, we also know that as we read the Word that Jesus Christ came to give life, and not just life, but abundant life. And so... To, to over-exaggerate and over-preach, I guess, or overreach in that, um, again, I think first it brings you to a place of, of a lot of hopelessness mm-hmm. um, because we know what we associate with that word, dead. Um, lifeless, worthless, nothing, there's nothing of any type of hope that is in that. And so if we tend to focus so much on the death, I think we miss what happens in verse 4. Um, because every single one of us know our failure, our fault. We should know. I hope we know. If we don't, we're, we're hopefully growing and understanding our need for Christ. And that, that death uh, that Paul talks about here is that purpose of life, that in, in our sin and in our, in our trespass, same word as we talked about yesterday, it just can be so completely defeating that some people never come out of that. They, they, they see themselves as, as they value in their worth in the death of that past previous person. Yeah. And, and so I think, uh, and I didn't mean to interrupt you no, there, good, but I, I think one thing that you can do when you overuse that metaphor, and, I, and you didn't yesterday, but, uh, and, and I don't think really any preacher would, based on, like you said, the verse 4 through 10, but a lot of us, if we think about it, um, maybe you, the listener today, um, we get so caught up in our sin. Um, there's a big difference between guilt and conviction. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I guess you could use those words interchangeably, but there, there's a difference in spirit conviction and self-guilt. I'll say that. Um, and so I think for, for us to know, I think Paul, his intent was not at all for people to over-exaggerate this and to think, man, I'm dead in my sin. There's no way out. Because he does go on and talks about the mm-hmm. beauty that, yeah, you were hopeless. You were without a case. Um, you were marred. You were sinful. You were, uh, you know, spiritually dead. 
Um, and but because of what God has done, but I think so many people, the dangers of that is so many people hold on to their sin, uh, and they create uh, spiritual death for themselves. They build it up in their minds that man, I've done too much wrong, or I've made too many mistakes, or how can I? How am I stuck in this one sin? I must be what Paul's talking about the 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 Gentiles, and he goes on and later he. It's funny you had me preaching March fifth, uh, and it's kind of the same illustration here, or the the same kind of topic that Paul's talking about. But he refers to it in chapter four. He says, "Man, you know, you're like the Gentiles," and so you may be like, "Man, I'm like the Gentiles. I'm not even, I can't be a believer." Or, um, you know, I'm so far away from God. And I think it's really dangerous for us to get caught up in our guiltiness and mm-hmm. dead of our sin. Um, but there is good kind of guilt that leads to conviction. Right. right. Um, that leads to, uh, I say conviction, that leads to repentance. Mm-hmm. The guilt that leads to repentance, but we can't hold on to that guilt. Um, and we can't say, we can't let, because what will happen is that guilt will do a lot of things. Number one, it'll make us not worship God. It'll make us be very fearful of him. Um, that if there's a God up there that, that puts death on us because of sin, we don't want to worship that. We'll be fearful of him. Yeah. Um, also, we won't be willing to serve him. We'll say, I'm not good enough. Right. I have this sin that has made me dead. I can't serve him. I'm not good enough. And so I think over-exaggerating, and it's kind of what we talked about last week, the dangers of over-spiritualizing a text. You over-exaggerate the, the verse 1 through 3 and the death and the child of wrath. You can be in a very dangerous spot. Sure, sure. Well, that's because where people think that they are most oftentimes. I mean, depending on their exposure and experience in the church and to the word, you know, some people were just absolutely browbeat into their conviction and their <laughs> yeah. failure. You yeah. Know, that, you know, you are never good enough. Mm-hmm. Okay, we, we get that. Um, but by the very same token, like you're saying, we lose our sense of worth in creation. Mm-hmm. I mentioned very briefly yesterday that that sin, the universal nature of sin, even though sin is part of all things, it doesn't diminish the fact that we are still created in the image of God. It doesn't change that in God's view of who we are as creation and how we handle sin and what we do with sin. Again, coming back to relationship with him and how he restores and redeems that. But people need to understand God loves them, Mm -hmm. values them, and Again, when we talked about Romans five yesterday, that even while we were sinners, Christ died for us. <clears throat> yeah. So there's 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 you can't talk about being dead in sin without being alive in Christ. It's mm-hmm. hard you can't separate yeah. those two. Well, and so that leads me into my next question. And so we talked about the dangers of over exaggerating it, which I think most people do, maybe not by this text, but do feel too much guilt and shame for their sin. But also there's the flip side of the coin of who, like, like, what are the dangers of not taking this serious enough sure. um, or undervaluing Paul's uh, very, uh, I don't I don't know if there's a, there's probably a better word, harsh words here and the severity of a life in sin that we see in verses 1 through 3. What are some dangers of not taking that seriously? I think one is that we get a very jaded view of grace in that sense, that when we don't take serious enough the fact that our sin and our pursuit of sin places us in a broken relationship with Christ and that it is the grace of God that brings salvation. If we simply do not take serious enough what our sin has caused 
in relationship with God and how it has broken that. Um, yes, we can jump up and down and be joyful and thankful for grace, and we should be, but it's not a dismissive kind of grace. And when we own the fact that our relationship with God was broken in our sin, it allows us to appreciate more that gift of grace instead of it being just this free pass of, well, yeah, I used to be a sinner, but, you know, hey, God's grace is great, so I'm good. I can just keep going. I think it keeps us in, in, in check in our humility as we're, we're trying to live for Christ. It's, it's good, I think, to have a healthy understanding of where we were, but like you said, we can't get stuck there. And when we lose that, then we be kind of become very confident in self. Mm-hmm. And this is all about none of nothing about this is of self. This is yeah. all about the action of yeah, God. Yeah, we're gonna get to that next. Yeah. So so that's you know, begins a very slippery slope of, you know, look at me, not God. Yeah. And so I think too, a big danger is that um and I'm we had last night at our or Sunday night, we're recording this on a Monday. Um, we had at our church a testimony service and where people came up and, and there were three of them and they just talked about what Jesus had done for them. Um, and as a Bible study group, uh, my Bible study group uh, has been going through the Old Testament. We were in the book of Exodus maybe four or five, six weeks ago. Uh, and I remember I wrote down in my journal at the end of Joshua. Um, we were going through Exodus and then Joshua. And, and as I wrote down in Joshua, almost at the end, when the Israelites were still failing and still messing up, I thought, man, I, I think a big reason for their failure is that they never took time to praise God for what he did. Uh, the walls of Jericho falling down, them being released from being captive and, and having to work uh, an unobscene amount of time um, uh, with their hands. The, the, their labor was hard, and God released them from that. Uh, they, the, God literally parted a body of water for them to walk through. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they were hungry, um, he literally made food fall from the sky. And yet they never praised him. All they did was complain. And I think when we undervalue, or we don't even really take these words serious, that we were dead because of our sins, uh, it says we were dead in the CSB translation. It says you were dead in your trespasses and sins. And, and in the Greek, what that means is you were dead because of two things. One, you you ventured off the path. You trespassed. You, you ventured off the road uh, that God laid out for you. But also, you missed the mark. There was mm-hmm. a mark here, and you missed it. Um, and it doesn't matter how close you got. It doesn't matter how far you ventured off the road. Because of that, because of those, the, the covenant was broken, you are dead. You are spiritually dead. And when we don't take that seriously, we don't praise him accurately. When we don't take how serious our life was before we met Christ, then we can't praise him accurately enough. Um, I, I Just this past weekend, and I just thought of this illustration off the top of my head, so it may not make sense. Um, this past weekend, Ariel and I were cleaning up one of our hall closets, and I found a brand new set of sheets um, for our bed, uh, and it had on there a hundred and twenty dollars. And I thought, <laughs> man, I knew it was a gift. Um, I remember who got it for me, and I thought, man, this was a hundred twenty dollars. Like I really appreciated. It. Mm-hmm. I thought, man, this is a hidden treasure. And then Ariel goes, you know, they didn't pay hundred twenty dollars <laughs> for that, and and it almost made the treasure devalued, devalued right, because yeah. the price wasn't so high. Sure. And so sure. when we don't take this so serious and we don't think about and reflect on who we were before we knew Christ and the punishment, not just after death, 
but the punishment and the life we were living before Christ, when we don't see how serious a transition that is, we're not re- we don't value that treasure enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't value the gift of Christ enough. We don't value the next six verses enough right. when we yeah. don't take seriously the first three to think about us being dead in our trespasses and sin and us living um, uh, according to a different even ruler than God. And so I think there is a balance there. You can't, as you mentioned, you can't be so caught up in your sin that God has already forgiven you for because that shows extreme lack of faith and trust in Jesus and what happened and what was accomplished on the cross. But it also, we can't go about this lightly. And I think that's why Paul's words were so harsh that he didn't say, you messed up. You you got off the path, but don't worry, God got you back sure. on it. He literally said you were dead, but and then we get to verse four. Yeah, yeah. This is not. It's okay, buddy. Yeah. Kind of way I talk to my kids <laughs> yeah. when they mess up. This is a. You got to realize you had no hope. Yeah. And then of yourself. And because of what God did, we he should be he he's worthy of our utmost praise. Um, because of what he did. So that yeah. kind of leads me into my next question. We sure. see here uh, in verse 4, and this is probably something a lot of people struggle with, uh, that it says, But God, who is rich in mercy because of uh, his great love that he had for us, made us alive with Christ, even though we were dead in our trespasses, you are saved by grace. When I read that, a lot of people, uh, and, and I would include myself in this up until I had one of those uh, uh, heart awakening moments a couple years ago reading this passage um, and actually studying for it to preach that it says uh, when it talks about the relationship here mm-hmm. if you think about the relationship I'm going to try to set this up a little bit before I ask the question you have we mentioned a lot the old you on one side and then God shows up and we get the new you but but what we notice here is it says but God, who is rich in mercy, and because of his great love that he had for us, love and mercy are characteristics of God. Mm-hmm. There is nothing we did to enact that mercy and love. It is simply who he is, right? Absolutely. And so, but that is so hard for us to comprehend. It is. We think, because every relationship that you have, listen, that you have, Chris, that you have, listener, is such a transactional one. Mm-hmm. And you say, well, no, I'm genuinely, no, You every transaction you have is a transaction one. You, I will respond to you by how you act toward me. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just true. Even with your kids, Absolutely. that's true. With your spouse, that's true. I will show you more love and grace based on how you respond to me. And right here it says, but God, but God has mercy and he loves you. Um, now, the only transaction is and we get to this at the end of the 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 passage here is faith is faith that's the path but that faith doesn't turn on god's mercy and right. love all right. it does is activate that in you and so talk a little bit about why that could be difficult i may have said way too much i may have no, said something what you're no. going to say well in fact but, i actually brought something out of one of the commentaries because it speaks specifically to this yeah one of the uh, commentators that i was reading this past week says it like this and it's exactly what you're talking about it says mercy and love are revelation of God's revelations, excuse me, of God's being, not a response to something that merits love in the individual. God acts in mercy because he's that kind of God. Yeah. And 
you know, this... Like, you have brown hair, not because you want to. Right. Now, I may be saying that some listeners may have brown hair because they want to. <laughs> well, but, well, but they may, and then, you know. Not me. I am what I have what I have because that, I have That's who it. Chris is. It is. It is. And and I said yesterday, and in, in, in a kind of a passing way, but, but it's really true, I think, for me, in thinking about this, is that keeping the attention on God in this moment is so critical because I think so many of us, and I said yesterday, you know, God is not impressed by anything that we really do, whether we pray or we study or we serve. He created us for those purposes. And so he's not saying, you know what, I love you more because you're serving more. Or I, you know, I'm giving you more grace because you're praying more about these things. It's just who he is. His love and his mercy and his grace, that is God's characters. It's his attributes. And there's absolutely nothing that we do that changes who he is. And I think that a lot of times, because we have such transactional relationships with people, I've often found myself saying, man, God, I am so glad that you don't return the respect and reverence to me that I'm giving to you a lot in my life because I know when we fail and fall short in that. And so it's dangerous because I think a lot of people see their relationship with God not based on who he is, but what type of interaction mm-hmm. and transaction they can have. Um, you know, a lot of people bargain with God. They mm-hmm. will, you know, and they'll say, all right, Lord, if, if you'll just get me through this, then this. But, but God's grace and mercy and his plan over your life is already perfect and whole, and there's nothing that we're going to come to him that's going to change who he is in his character and nature. And so keeping in mind that God is the initiator of all of this, again, the two words, but God, meaning outside of you, despite you, in, in whatever, however you want to frame that, he is the initiator. He is the one in doing this. And it's because of who he is that he's doing it this way, because he's merciful and because he has great love for us. So, you know, obviously we desire to be obedient and, and to, to follow him, but his love for us is his love for us, mm-hmm. and his grace is his grace. And, it, you know, again, it's not a response on our merit. It is found in the character of who he is. And I think that moving from that transactional understanding of this to, to, hey, this is God, and he loves you. Um, and I, just, I, I think people struggle even with believing that a lot. Yeah, I do. And I think for the listener right now that maybe um, that knows someone in their life or maybe they're struggling with this, I don't want to push, or I, I feel like we need to say this in order to not push kind of false doctrine um, and this is really hard for us to fathom, and really, I would even say almost almost impossible to comprehend, and so God is worthy of his praise because we can't comprehend, and you'll, you'll see why I said impossible to comprehend. It, God is 100% mercy, 100% love. Like, that is his characteristics. Mm-hmm. That is who he is, but he is also a just God. Yes. Um, and and it, sometimes it's hard for us to comprehend a merciful yet just and so and the reason he can be both is because of jesus and so i was having a conversation in my bible study one night and and this kind of has painted a good picture for me in my mind imagine you know god being totally just but also totally graceful and merciful 
um, that that because he's just, let's picture him as a judge, um, and and our trial is coming up for our trespasses and sins in which we are guilty, we have committed, we have messed up. Um, because he is a just God, we have to be tried for that. But because he is a merciful and graceful God, Jesus said, no, I'll be on trial for him. I'll be on trial for Chris. He put his faith in me. He trusted me to do this, so I'll stand in his place. And that's how God is merciful, and that's how God is just. Because he didn't say, I'm loving and merciful, so sin is wiped out. Right. He said there has to be punishment. He says, I'm merciful, I'm graceful, so I'm going to provide the punishment. I'm going to send my only son, who is perfect and fully God and fully man, to pre- to pay the price. Pay the price. And that is how he is merciful and graceful and just all in one. But that is really hard for us to comprehend. Well, I think it is because we kind of get this backwards a lot. Is and, and I don't think it's a necessarily an intentional thing, but a lot of our thoughts when we think about grace and justice in God and mercy, we we take the way our mind and humanity views those things and we try to place those onto God in an attempt to understand how he, you know, he could, he's not like us in mm-hmm. those things. And so I think in a lot of times our, our attempt to understand and reconcile that in our mind, we make this attempt to, to say, well, this is what I believe justice should be, or this is what it should look like. And we try to, to, to just lay that onto God rather than praying for an understanding heart to, under, to, to be able to embrace his design of that, and and that's well. A I think we do the same thing with mercy and grace. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of people say, "How can a, how can a God like that do do this?" Well, He's a just God. Just God. How can a God allow people to go to hell and be separated from Him because He's a just God? And if you don't put your faith in the one that stood in your place, and you say, "Hey, because of Him, because of Jesus, I am now." considered whole, considered free, considered, you know, I don't have chains. But it's not, and, and once you put your faith in that and not your works, as, as we see sure. um, um, in verse 9, that's when you can understand that mercy and grace and justice, um, or and, and him being justice. Um, and so really good stuff, really good stuff yesterday. Um, one thing I would mention um, and I don't think this is really a question. It's just a thought that I had during the sermon. Um, I was in youth ministry for about 12 years before I came here. And so I was doing, I was working and, and, and walking alongside, uh, kiddos from about the age of 12 to 18. Um, and when I was their age, and you can probably remember this too, cause you've had a lot of experience in youth ministry. Um, and probably the early two thousands when I was in that age, um, I can remember uh, a lot of youth event speakers at the end would would question you, and, and I say youth because I feel like they did this a lot with youth. Uh, they would question the, the the crowd, the congregation, and they would say, "Hey, if you were to die tonight, would you know <laughs> that you know that you, you know, know that you know?" <laughs> yeah. Well. Well. I don't know, um, and 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 they did, and I I, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt. I think they were trying to enact something in people. They were trying to you know have people be convicted, but also part of me, the cynical part of me, was like, man, you were just trying to confuse teenagers. Yes. Um. And and so now, luckily, and 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 you know, 
thankfully, there the that approach hasn't been around in a while. Um, I haven't heard pastors do that in a long time. Yeah. Um, and I think because of, and this is where I'm going with this, this passage here, I think the better thing to do, and whenever I'm counseling with a teenager, because they struggle with this a lot, mostly sure. teenagers of, am I saved? Like, did I, am I, do I just follow Christ because my mom does, or am right. I saved only because I'm baptized? And really mature Christians will ask that. Now, I think all of them ask it, but only the real mature ones will come out and ask that to a pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, and so how I kind of counsel through that and how I kind of, help teenagers out, or adults even, is I have them examine their life and kind of as this passage, and I say, hey, let's read Ephesians 2, uh, 1 through 10. Can you see a moment in your life where you were dead in your trespasses? Can you see a moment? Can you can you go back to a time? Uh, now, I don't want you, you don't have to remember the exact day. Um, if, it, if you do, good. Um, and that's something you should be thankful for and praiseworthy of. But, um, if you don't, that's okay. But can you see kind of a time in your life where you went from being dead in your trespasses to when you said, I'm putting my faith in God, in Jesus, that he did this for me, and there was a change. And so I want to ask you, listener, have you ever posed that question to yourself? Have you ever asked yourself, has there been a time where I knew I was dead in my trespasses? I can look back at my life, the way I was living, the way I was thinking, the way I was acting, and then I put my faith in Jesus and accepted this gift of grace that He gave me. I didn't want to work for it. I didn't want to. Uh, I, I didn't. I didn't think that I had to tie up my bootstraps and go work hard for right. Him. I literally rested in the peace and knowing Jesus has saved me. And, and I pose that question to you, listener, today uh, to ask yourself, not to question your salvation, but maybe too, maybe to say, Hey, have I done this? Right. Has this been a time? And twofold one to 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 examine yourself but two to just remember that remember where you were and praise god for that last night we spent about an hour and a half of hearing people talk about going from death to life and what jesus had done for them i'll never forget uh, i was sitting uh in a uh living room in a house of someone i didn't know in chicago illinois when I was uh, entering my junior year of college, and there were there were a bunch of us college kids, we went up there to to do some mission to do some mission work to help uh, build this house for this family that was in need. And I'll never forget sitting in that living room. Uh, there were some people in there we didn't know. We just went around the room and told our stories of of this right here. Of hey, I was dead in my trespasses. This is how Jesus showed up. This is what He did for me. Um, and I remember uh, a guy that was in there. He said, "Man." He said, this is awesome. He said, one day we're going to meet Jesus face to face and we're going to get in circles like this and say, hey, what did that guy do for you? Mm. How did you get here? What did he do for you? Yeah. We're not going to say, hey, look how much I tithe. Hey, remember that guy? Remember what he did? What he did. Remember all the good things that so-and-so did at that church? Remember that, that building that they helped build? We're going to point to Jesus and we're going to say, hey, listen what this guy did for me. Listen how this guy got me over this battle. Listen how this guy took me from my dead trespasses and sins and he stood stood in my place. And that is the gospel. Thank you all for listening. Uh, Once again, this is the Cut Talk Podcast. Uh, So grateful for all of you listeners and viewers. And hey, uh, join us next week as we uh, dive in a little bit more to Ephesians 2. See you all.